Welcome to Mood Readers, a book review podcast where three friends conquer their TBR list eventually. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mood Readers. It's me, your friend, Emily Bronte, here with my friends, Jane Austen and Nora Redacted. What are we talking about today, ladies? Me first. Jane okay. Austen here. Let's do this. So today, I got an all-caps text message from a friend of mine who is not one of like my regular texts. So I was like, what is happening? What's going on? What is the emergency? About 11 years ago, I worked with someone who is currently has been shooting and will be on a brand new coming to TLC reality TV show, Seeking Second Husband. And he is the second husband that they are seeking from what I could tell by his Facebook post that was screenshot to me. Oh my God. This is the most important news I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> Jane Austen here, friend of TLC reality show startup. Friend and by friend, TLC. I mean, worked with 11 years ago in retail. Hell yes. <laughs> yes. And they texted you. No, a friend. The person the friend on the show. Texted you. Yes. Yes. That friend was Boom. like, do you remember so-and-so? I worked with him here and you worked with him there. And I said, of course I remember so-and-so. And she was like, great. He's going to be on this new show, Seeking Second Husband, which is like Seeking Sister Wives. So like, but for the second men. husbands, like second uh, husbands. Like bring Ugh. in a second husband to our now thruple relationship. <laughs> Sorry, our now what relationship? Not, oh, thruple. I thought I heard it with a B. I apologize. I would That's rather cool. have a second wife. I would also <laughs> rather oh, have a second wife. 100%. 100%. Yes. Unanimous Please. decision. Give me another wife. Yeah. Do not give me another man to take care of. No offense. Love you. <laughs> Love yeah. you mean it. No. Love you, mean it. <laughs> no. <laughs> like having another kid. That's yeah, terrible. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> Absolutely not. Your children, your husband, and then a second husband? <laughs> and another one with all his thoughts and opinions and needs. And emotions. And, and laundry. And laundry. Oh, and the laundry. Oh, and the snacking. I'm good. <laughs> Got it. Give me another wife. We'll figure it out. It's fine. I am going to be riding this clout. For as long as possible. <laughs> I remember joking around with this person at this time, 11 years ago. Oh, you know him from that TLC show? Yeah, we're BFF we're forever. That's cool. He doesn't know who I am. <laughs> so you're reality show royalty now, I assume? Or are you like, like you're like a cousin to royalty? Uh, yeah, I don't know. She's, a, she's how... like a duchess. Surely you're a duchess. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to say, I don't know how it works, but I think I get a title. I think everyone has to defer to me in all matters. Um, Reality TV. Yes. In all matters, reality TV. I do that anyway. Yes. I was about to say, I think I do that anyway. So, yes. Absolutely do. And now it's official. Duchess Jane. That's cool. (laughs) A Lady Jane, if you will. Lady Jane. Lady Jane Austen. (laughs) It's perfect. You finally did something with your life. Like you got somewhere. Like, it's, you because, know. it's because of the notebook. Did the notebook ever come in? <gasps> yeah. It did came in. You're right. It is the notebook. It's it the came notebook. in. I have been using it. I'm only three books behind on it, but I started like six books behind. So 
That's it. Making strides. It's the notebook. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so that's some very good news, Jane. That's excellent. I also have an update that is just like super important. Okay, it was just my dog. It's not a serial killer. We're cool. Uh, I, I was sorry. looking over your shoulder. <laughs> my dog decided to give me a little heart attack by making it sound like she's trying to break and enter into my house. She would have told you. She would yeah, have told you if there was one me. back there. Oh, I thought you said we would have told her, and I was like, mm. no, debatable. We, Reality we would have just here. watched. We would have just watched. <laughs> I would have turned on the video recording as well, and oh, that God. would have been helpful. That could go viral. Absolutely <laughs> awful. Thank you guys. That's great. This is a new nightmare. It's perfect. No, the very important news is that today is the Belgian episode. Everybody, this is the part where Jane should play a sound clip of the Belgian national anthem. Perfect. Yeah, Jane, tell us why today is the Belgian episode. Today, we are dedicating this episode to Belgium and specifically Brussels because on our analytics, Belgium is currently the third spot of top five locations of all of our listeners of our podcast. Yep. Wow. I don't know. Belgium. Belgium has more listeners for this podcast than the city that the three of us are currently residing in. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. We are so happy and so um, excited about this support from my new favorite uh, European Union country, personally. Um, So, yeah. No problems with Belgium. None whatsoever. Only good things. things. Coming from a, well, never mind. Belgium is like refreshingly non-problematic and I love it. Yes, We're love so it. happy. We're just going to talk about Belgium like a little bit and how excellent it is. Like we've got our famous Belgians that include Rene Magritte. There's that painter, you know, with the painting, with the hat that's floating. It's really cool. Look it up. You'll, you'll recognize it when you look it up. It's cool. And then like some fancy old school painters that I'm not going to bother to look up how to pronounce. But most importantly, Jean-Claude Van Damme. But also, I was going to say, you're leaving out one very famous Belgium, and that yeah. Hercule Poirot. I was, I was getting to him. He's on oh. my list, because he's fictional. His mustaches. I know, I know. And apparently, one of the jokes, according to Wikipedia, about Belgium is that the, it's like, there's nobody famous for Belgium. We have to include fictional people. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> no, see, we got real people. It's the painter guy and the kicking guy, you know. In the movies. Those are real people. (laughs) But we've also got the chocolate. This is the home Mm. of the french fry. Obviously the waffles. We Let us not forget cookie butter. Oh. Speculoos. You guys have cookie cookie butter? butter is from Belgium? Yes. Oh, my God. It's because it's speculoos. I looked it up how to pronounce it. I still probably got it wrong. Take a bunch of cookies with a special spice blend, and you smoosh them all up, and you turn it into butter. Cookie butter. Thank you, Belgium. So good. For cookie butter. We support that. All hail Belgium. All hail Belgium. Yeah, so Belgium, if we ever get a world tour, which we won't, we're coming to you first. Uh, So don't worry, it's not going to happen. But we're very excited. (laughs) Oh, let's reverse that and put a lot more positivity into the universe. Yes, when we get a world tour, thank you. We're coming to Belgium first. We're coming, you guys rock. We're coming to you, Brussels. And I tried really hard to get some Stroop waffles, mainly because they had some at our local pharmacy for whatever reason, and they're really good. I've had them before, and I was like, "Oh my god, get Stroop waffles for everybody!" Even though they're not originally from Belgium, they're popular in Belgium because they originated with the Dutch Empire, of which Belgium was once a part. 
But I couldn't find them, and so now we're just talking about it instead of eating them. I apologize to my colleagues. And then you should read and watch famously Belgian Hercule Poirot and Murder on the Orient Express. And also, you should watch the movie In Bruges with uh, the hot Colin. What's his name? Errol? Bird? No, wait, the other hot Colin. Errol? Colin Bird? Yes. Yes. Okay. That one. <laughs> There's two hot Collins. Oh, no. Because uh, it takes place in Bruges, which is like a like a beautiful medieval city in Belgium, and it's gorgeous, and the movie is hilarious and amazing and very charming, and it makes me want to visit. So, yeah. So this is the Belgian episode. Congratulations, listeners. I looked it up. We've got listeners in the UK, Lithuania, India, Germany, the Czech Republic, and Colombia. Get your friends to listen to us, too. And you, too, can have a half-baked Wikipedia-laden entry <laughs> honoring your country. <laughs> We appreciate wow. your support. <laughs> hey, tried, that, guys. that might have been half-baked, but I have read all of Hercule Poirot's uh, work by Agatha oh, Very nice. See, I've only so, read a couple. That's very cool. So I'm dedicated to the fictional character from Belgium. Yes. Yes. Me too. And I support your chocolate and snacks. And also your little mannequin, the mannequin... Mannequin piece. The uh, there's a cute little statue of a boy peeing. Check it out. Look it up. Peeing statue, Belgium. You'll you Google it. It's very charming. I just funny. I just really hope that our our Belgium listeners continue past this episode. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Hey, uh, they've well. been with us this far. They're they're staying. They know what they signed <laughs> up for. I told them. <laughs> you know, if you if you listen to us, you're gonna get. Uh, stuff why we didn't would, bother to look up. Bad jokes. Why would they bother to relieve a burgeoning reality TV celebrity? Celebrity. Icander. Friend of Lady. a celebrity. Perfect. Lady Jane. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we truly appreciate it. And we hope you keep listening despite me. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, cool. We love you, Belgium. Thank you. Very much. So, okay. Now it is time for another round of... One of my favorite games of all time, Mary Fuck Kill. So we've already played Mary Fuck Kill in the Grishaverse. Today we are gonna tackle a big one. And I feel like this one is big enough that we can change our answers around later if we want to. But this is Mary Fuck Kill in the Marvel verse. It's just it's so full of bangable characters that like there's so I, much to choose from. Right. I have I have a point of clarification. Yes. Or a question. Nora. Yes. Are we doing heroes or villains or... All of it. Uh, all of it. Okay. I'm the host. I say all of it. Let's do it. Next time <laughs> right. we can do villains another time. It'll be fine. So I'm going to make Nora go first. Because I heard she was prepared. <laughs> Nora, Mary Fuck Kill, Marvel Edition. All right. I am going to marry... Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> I just think he is just, from the movies, very hot. What's his name again? Chris Pratt. Yes, I just am very into Chris Pratt in this movie. And I just love his sense of humor and his vibe. And he's just got a big old heart. And I feel like I pretty much married that character anyway Aww. in real life. So we're going to marry him. I am wow. going to fuck Iron Man. Sure. Absolutely. Ab Why not? A thousand percent. Yes. 
<laughs> I don't really feel like I have to explain that much. I feel like it's pretty understandable. And then I'm going to kill, because I am so loyal to Iron Man, I'm going to kill Captain America. This is also coming from somebody who's fairly behind in the Marvel movies. You, a little bit? <laughs> yeah, okay. A little bit behind? That's cool. But me and Captain America just have never really vibed. We've just never really gotten along. He's just too he's just too goody goody and it just really gets under my skin. So um he's gotta go. Gotta go. Not bad. Yeah, that's that. There you go. That was easy. You definitely planned ahead. I'm I'm mad about that. Well, there's <laughs> the um the Mary the Marion kill really stood out. It's mm. really I feel very strongly. <laughs> visceral cool jane you're up all right in the same vein as nora for first rounds this was not hard for me (laughs) because it just wasn't um but i do have to preface by saying that while i love him tom holland will always be a teenager in my brain so he was immediately removed from any aspect of this game right right yes Yes. (laughs) up until we started talking i forgot about hot thor and dad bod thor so if we do a second round i have to enter him back into the playing fields so i forgot about dad bod thor yeah oh no unfortunately not here so what we do have is mary tony stark 100 percent iron man i'm gonna marry because first of all billionaire Duh. I'm oh, tired yeah. of working for a living. Make me your playgirl billionaire wife. Like, let's do this. You'd be a very good billionaire wife. Like, you could do it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I could pay a team to, like, bring me up to the standards that I would have to live by. Yes. Um, but also, uh, Tony Stark and I would have a lot of fun. So we we would, yeah, like you would break a bunch of things that cost Billions of dollars. Yes. And laugh about it. Yes. <laughs> All of my concern for the earth and the environment would immediately go out of the window. <laughs> I loyal to Mother Nature. And that is why the hurricane targeted my house. That's right. <laughs> for fuck, all day long, in any variant is going to be Loki. Are you kidding me? Oh my God, stop. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> And hit it. Uh, yeah. All day long. Which means my kill is also Captain America. What? For basically the same reasons. He is getting two shoes. He follows the rules. He's all like, come on, guys, the greater good. I want uh, nothing to do with any of that. Get out of here. Quit bringing the out party down. You guys can't see my face, but. You gotta leave. <laughs> Just imagine. Get out of here. Nobody wants you. No one invited you. No one. You just showed up again. He's Do like any the one- of the Avengers get invited anywhere? Do they just show up? <laughs> He's Tony the Stark one that's does. like, calm down. We Like, there's a noise violation at this party. Mm-hmm. We gotta use our indoor <laughs> voices. No. Leave me alone. No. With your morals. Mm-hmm. Your high ground. You guys suck. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> so yeah, Mary Tony, fuck Loki, absolutely obliterate Captain America, and not in the sexy <laughs> not way. in the sexy <laughs> way, not in the sexy <laughs> way. Bye, Cap. <laughs> See you later. Oh no! But I would um, comfort Bucky in his time of need. That's so thoughtful. Yeah. You're very, you're very, <laughs> you're very thoughtful like that. That's great. 
He's a very tortured soul. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, screw you guys. <laughs> so I would marry Captain America, which I realize Ugh. is the antithesis of my typical tall, dark, and toxic bad boy thing. But you don't exactly. marry. You don't marry the bad boy. No, you, you don't. You marry the nice boy. And I was looking back through all of our... Um, so listeners should know that we are actually a book club, like we're a book club here on the podcast, but we started out as a book club and then we had like the book club group chat. And then sometimes I get really bored at work and I will message the book club group chat and be like, hey guys, Mary fuck kill Marvel verse. <laughs> and then you guys will be like, we've already done this. And I'll be like, I don't care. I'm bored. So uh, I go back through trying to look at my answers and there's just like, I spent like 45 minutes of a work day trying to convince you guys to support Chris Evans with screenshots. <laughs> um, there's so there's just like screenshot after screenshot and gif after gif of Chris Evans in sunglasses. Uh, Chris Evans in a cable knit sweater, my personal favorite. That is the only one I support is the cable knit sweater, oh my which he God. plays the bad boy. I know. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. I'm not anti Chris. Like if Chris Evans, if you ever hear this, I, it's not you. Yes. It's not you. It's, it's Captain. character. It's Captain America. <laughs> okay. So I would like to clarify, first of all, Chris Evans, cable knit sweater, aviators forever, mm -hmm. obviously. Forever. But, Captain America in that movie where he was real sad and he had a beard. Because he no needed way. help. He needed help. He needed somebody to support him. He was so disillusioned. Oh, his mm. whole world was crumbling. And he just, oh my God, he just needed a shave. But not really. I like it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I would be there for him. Support nah. that shit all day long. All <laughs> night long. Oh no, I'm choosing like mostly blondes. This never happens to me. I changed my answer because I heard about, I forgot about Dad Bod Thor. So I was going to say Loki because obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Tall, Dark, and Toxic. Obviously. But I really like Dad Bod Thor. I mean. <laughs> I really like it. I'm into it. Realistically, ladies, who wants all those abs? No. I it just want. makes you feel self-conscious. Mm -hmm. Dad Bod Thor would be so good at pleasuring you. Oh my yes. god, his beard. Like, softer softer's better. It's softer just, around the middle well, better. Just like realistic, honestly. Yeah. Dad bought Thor looks like he would not yell at me if I were like if we were in high school together and I happened to walk while reading down the hallway and he saw me. I feel like regular Thor probably would, but like not Dad bought Thor. He would probably be like, Oh, let me get that door for you. Yeah. And then I'd oh. be like, Oh, yeah, he's the best. And he's also a little sad. It's great. I would kill... I mean, I feel really guilty about this. Um, it's not you, Paul Rudd. I would kill Ant-Man. Because <laughs> just not into it. Yeah. Yeah. No, not into I, it. I can support your choice of killing Ant-Man. Obviously, we love Paul Rudd. Obviously. Oh. I'm pretty sure he's one of the pillars that's keeping our universe up. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. he goes down, we're in big trouble. We lost Betty White. Things are getting real shaky. But we still got Paul Rudd, so that's great. But um, Ant-Man, I mean, he's very cute, but you know, he's got all the abs again. I don't know. But then yeah. he's also, like, really little. And then he's yeah, really he's little. Yeah, he's tiny. And yeah. then he's, like, too big, and then he gets all sleepy. I just... <laughs> I never... I I haven't seen that movie, and I... He gets honestly, real big, and then he gets really I don't really have the desire sleepy. to see it. Um, and then you're just like, well, what was the... 
What was the, what point? Was the point of you getting really big if you're just like you got to lay down and take a nap? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's mine for Marvel. I'm sure my answer will change the next time we play this. I assume several months from now when we run out of banter ideas, and I'll change my answer to fuck Loki. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good answers. I support basically none of your choices. <laughs> so I I support Jane and all her endeavors. And I support Nora. <laughs> Great. Love it. All right. Well, I will go talk to Chris Evans and take we're not sunglasses coming, off. We're not coming to the wedding. No, you're not invited. It's fine. We are now going to talk about books. And you know who's going first? Jane. Jane. <laughs> what have you been reading? Well, guys, it's happened again. I read a mood wheel book. And <laughs> you know what? It was wonderful. So if you don't remember, the mood wheel picked for me Laura Olympus Volume 1 because it landed on the word for these types of books. Graphic, graphic novel. novel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what those are called. That's right. <laughs> um, so here's what we we're working with when we went into it. First of all, graphic novel is a very underrepresented genre for me because I think it's because remember like in middle school, all the like weird boys who were really into like Japanese culture wore like t-shirts with dragons on them and read a lot of manga and like you just couldn't talk to them because somehow they or still if you, made you feel stupid. Or yes. if you did talk to them, you couldn't escape and then somehow you felt really stupid and weird afterwards. Yes. yes. No offense. Uh, no, no offense at all. They've grown up into like great human beings, but that was middle school where everything mostly was mostly rich human beings. Right. If you if you are currently in middle school, catch you one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Except they're really weird, so I don't know. Good luck. Not all of them turn out great. But... I mean, no, no one's great in middle school, so. <laughs> that is very true. But, so, as a result, I think I just thought everything in the broader cartoon sort of area was sort of like that. And now, obviously, as a 30-something adult, I'm having to rewire my brain and come back to it. So I've only read, like, one other graphic novel, which was Umbrella Academy, which was amazing and violent and gory. Um, so that's where we were coming into Laura Olympus. The artwork in this graphic novel is just, like, some of the most beautiful, beautiful stuff I've ever seen. It's all in this, like blue and pink sort of um, color palette. All the gods have their particular colors. So like Artemis is like a deep purple. Hades is a dark blue. Persephone is this bright neon pink. It's just really beautiful. Also, background going into this is I basically know nothing about the gods. Oh. I, I can't keep them in my brain. Like obviously I've heard them growing up. But, like, I just can't keep it. So, like, I know all their names. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they're related to each other. So, this was a great visual introduction. Yeah, it really helps. Into, like, who's the daughter of whom? And whose backstory is this? And why are they acting the way they're acting with this? Laura Olympus by Rachel Smythe. Was, it, it, was, it was just wonderful. And I actually stopped myself from starting Volume 2 just so I could, like, honestly review volume one on its own um so it, it ends at kind of like a cliffhanger for me like i absolutely mm -hmm. need to know what happens next with hades and persephone i also need to know more of like eros's background also apollo's a dick i don't know <laughs> if you guys know but like he is in this fuck. he is yeah there Most was like 
<laughs> there was some. Um, he's like it, the main. He's like the main dick. He's like. Oh no! And that one, like worst one. Probably. There's some like iffy consensual. Yeah. Things that happen and. Definitely check out the trigger warnings for this one before you go into it. Yeah, I feel like anyone who is familiar with Greek mythology probably knows. But if if you pick up something that looks cartoonish, yeah. <laughs> it, it is not always... For children. Yeah, a G-rated cartoon. <laughs> so it's And definitely- she... She has trigger warnings at the beginning of the book. She absolutely Not does. all author does. And I really appreciate that. That was something that I really loved. That was nice to know going into it. That being said, even with those portions, it was so good. It was such a fast mm-hmm. read. It was so good. It was so beautiful. It was aesthetically pleasing to my eyeballs and my <laughs> brains. <laughs> Lovely. And I think I, like, I, I know so much more about like the Greek gods now than I ever did before. They're Greek, right? <laughs> this is not the Roman gods. These They're Greek. Gods. They're Greek. Greek. <laughs> so yeah, Mood Wheel, 10 out of 10, Laurel Olympus. Yeah. Aww. Very nice. It just yeah. keeps getting better too. I read the second and third volumes. Oh, good. And I'm just really upset that the fourth one isn't out yet and that they took the entire thing off of Webtoon. So I can't just like go <laughs> look at the rest of it. <laughs> I have to wait. So I am lucky. I have volume two. I will also say, um, I don't think this gets talked about enough, but this book smells so good. Oh, yeah. Graphic novels, especially like really big yes, ones, they smell got, amazing. I don't, is it the glossy pages? I don't know. Yeah, like, like all I the ink. Like, I kept sticking my nose in the middle of the book <laughs> yeah. like a totally normal person. It is normal. <laughs> we Listen, this is not the audience to tell you that that's weird. <laughs> 10 out of 10 book smell as well. Yeah. uh, Yeah. This was, this was amazing. More graphic novels coming in 2023 for. Love it. I really want to read it. Like really bad. It's so good. You would love it. I mean, you love Persephone and Hades and and Greek retellings anyway. Yeah. And sometimes I forget that not everybody is obsessed with Greek mythology. So I apologize. No, no, no. That's a valid question. I, I was like, well, I'm going to admit this and Emily no, be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I'm sorry. She also happens to have a pet that's named after yeah. one of them. So Maybe that's a part of it. Or I'm like, you named your pet this. like. So then I'm saying, like, I know about them. I don't know about their life. Okay. okay. All right. That, that's like, I know who they are. I kind of know what they stand for, for the most part. But, like, if you weren't in that um, one Fantasia song. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. If you <laughs> weren't in that. And then even then, you know, you have to have an adult next to you Explain. while you're watching the VHS. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah, he's the god that brings daylight and all that stuff. So Yep. Yeah, he's a lot nicer. It sounds like Apollo is a lot nicer in Fantasia. I'm, in, I'm uh, saying I am yeah. not hashtag Team Apollo. Like, no. Boo. No mm. one I hope be. Hades does something. Well, I hope Persephone does something, but at the very least, like Hades like steps up and is like, fuck you, Apollo. But he doesn't know we don't know anything yet. We're still in the uh sounds awesome. About it. <laughs> that one really it. that one really does end on a cliffhanger. So readers get the second one close by when be ready. Yeah, I, would, that I one. would not suggest checking just this one out from the library or buying just this one. It's only feasible because I also had volume two. So <laughs> as soon as we're done, I'm cracking it open. I love that. Cool. That's a good one. Mood wheel success. Yes. You're welcome. All right. 
Hey, Nora, what have you been reading? Was it as successful as Jane's? I would say so, yes. I am reviewing the book I Kissed Shara Wheeler by Casey McQuiston tonight. This is Casey McQuiston's debut YA romantic comedy novel. She's written some other like adult romantic comedies. And that's where I heard about her. And then this book, when it came out, was like a huge deal on social media. And so I checked it out from my local library. This is what it's about. This book is about chasing down what you want only to find what you need. Chloe Green is so close to winning. After her mom's moved her from Southern California to Alabama for high school, she spent the last four years dodging gossipy classmates and a puritanical administration. The thing that keeps her going is winning valedictorian. Her only rival is Shara Wheeler, the principal's perfect progeny. But a month before graduation, Shara kisses Chloe and vanishes. On a furious hunt for answers, Chloe discovers she's not the only one Shara kissed. There's also Smith, Shara's longtime quarterback sweetheart, and Rory, Shara's bad boy neighbor with a crush. The three have nothing in common except Shara and the annoyingly cryptic notes she's left behind. Together, they must untangle the clues and find her. It'll be worth it if Chloe can drag Shara back before graduation to beat her fair and square. So, what I love about this book is the LGBTQ plus positivity and support in it. It's also, like, I'm learning it's my favorite type of, like, romancy type book that also has, like, a fun mystery to it. So not only are you, you know, you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So it's like, where are you, Shara? When are you coming back? And so she literally does leave these clues and notes everywhere. And you're trying to decipher what that all is. So being from the South and this book takes place in a small town in Alabama. It is so funny because it has, it pokes at Southern culture. And some of the stuff is, is like only if you you know, lived in the South, you would get. I had to ask Emily about one. I had never heard of a turducken before. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) I knew pretty much all the other little Southern things in it, but I'd never heard of a turducken and a turducken appears in this book. Um, I also really like that it, so they go to a Christian school and I appreciated how it shines a light on how some small Christian schools can negatively impact students, not meaning to, but it can, you know, rock their world and make them feel isolated and and all that. I also think it's fun that you've got these like non-tip, like these kids who normally wouldn't be friends, they come together to kind of solve this mystery about. I love, I love that sort of storyline where like, (laughs) especially in YA books, we're like, the kids who wouldn't be caught dead with each other in high school. Yeah. Like band together for like some sort of mission type thing or. Yes. I do like that. I I do like that that. trope. Yeah. Yes. It's really fun. So it's got a great ending. There's some like, I wouldn't say there's a big twist, but there was just something I was not expecting, which I always love. And so there was an ending that I didn't quite see coming. And so that was also fun to be like, Oh, okay. I appreciate that. So I gave it five stars. I 
loved it. And it was just really fun. It would be something different to read when you're coming up on like Valentine's Day and stuff. Yeah. I love it. I've yeah. heard a lot of really good things about it. I pulled it up to make sure like I had the book cover correct. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely one that I've been interested in just from seeing it. You said you got it from the local library? Yes, I got it from the local library system. And then I also requested our actual library in town to purchase a copy of it because um, I just felt like it fit. It fit in with our town and would be a good selection. So Excellent. That yeah. sounds very cool. And I love the idea of like the romance with the mystery to solve. Yes. That is super fun. That's very cute. Cool. Do you think this would be accessible to somebody that's like on the romance fence? Yes. I think somebody on the romance fence would like it because it's not it's not your typical like lovey dovey, you know, right. thing. It is very much like a mystery of what the heck is going on. And then you've got a little romance vibe tied into it that is so cool is so, it yeah did chloe know anything about herself going into that like was the kiss from sarah wheeler like a surprise like an awakening no you know? no okay. she's very much like oh you said loud- she's from southern california yeah she's from southern <laughs> california loud and proud bisexual two moms coming into this small town in alabama christian school and so she she's definitely the odd one out in this type of community. The surprise was someone like Shara Wheeler kissing her and then also kissing these two other boys. Like, what the heck's up with that? That sounds really good. I like it. Very cool. Okay. So we are all distracted by We are all very distracted <laughs> because my dog is barking at somebody, something. Who knows? Hopefully a serial killer. Stay tuned. Hopefully? (laughs) Stay tuned, reader. Who knows? (laughs) Could be a cat. Could be an axe-wielding maniac. We'll just have to stay to find out. Jeez. That'd be so interesting. uh, I have, like, doorbell cameras, you know, and every now and then, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, it'll be, like, someone unknown at the garage doorbell. And I'll be like, holy shit, the time has come. And it's a cat. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I'm hoping it's it's like that. Um, yeah, the time has come. <laughs> you know what? I have to say that 3 a.m. If you wake me out of a deep sleep at 3 a.m., I also am going to be like, it's my time. It's my why, time. Why fight back? Just grab the me. weapon. <laughs> no, just take me. Just take my me. kid wakes me up around 3 a.m. most of the time. Like if he's going to wake up, it's going to be around 3 a.m. I had like a week last week or so where I woke up consistently like four nights in a row at like 3.30 a.m. Like Which? on the dot. And Ooh. Witching hour. There was yeah, like, that's weird. There was a movie from like the 90s or the early 2000s. Yeah. Where that happened. Oh, early, yes, early, early 2000s. Yes. yes. I can't even think about what the movie is. I know nothing else except that they consistently it, woke the up. The static. The st- it was like yeah. the screen static. What is that movie called? White noise? Maybe we're thinking of different movies because the one I'm thinking of is like Jim Carrey. And it was something he was obsessed with a number. And he would wake up and it would be like the number. I'm and thinking then, of something different. Apartment okay. 23 or... Something like that. It was like a, yeah. it was like a 20 it something. Was, and then he would play his saxophone in the room. Sadly. And it totally, was like totally different. Eventually they talked to somebody and they were like, 3 a.m. is the hour when like... The hour of the demons. Singers, the yeah. veil has thinned and yes. the underworld can come into... Uh, yeah. 
So I think I, I thought yep. about that for a whole week while I was waking yep. up at 3.30. Like, this is great. I totally know what movie you're talking about. The movie I'm talking about is White Noise, where, like, the guy or whoever is in the movie would wake up every time at, like, 3.33. Yeah. And I guess the TV or something somewhere would, like, turn on and it would be, like, white noise. Yeah, that's pretty way back in the day. I that's, think it was that scary. way. But it was like, one of those where, like, they wake up at, like, 3.33. This is before uh, TVs went digital. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you could still have white noise on your oh, television. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Yeah, I'm thankful. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's pretty scary. I was scared of white noise for a hot minute because of... Um, the ring? What's the one? The ring. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, real scared of that for, like, about 20 years. The Jim Carrey movie is called The Number 23. Number 23. Dreadful. I'm really proud of us that we remembered that. <laughs> yeah. That was a great group thing. Cool. Okay. Well, sorry for that distraction. <laughs> I'm really sorry. But just think how exciting it's going to be if I get murdered on air. You know, mm-hmm. I'm ready. Who knows? Thank you, Nora. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I am ready to review some things. I am kind of thinking, tell me if this is a bad idea. That it's a doing, thank you. Two short, <laughs> two briefer reviews because I have read a mood wheel pick and I have also read another book. And I can tell you that one review is very positive and one review is not. So <laughs> I, I think you should do both because I have a feeling you're not going to really have that much to say about one of them. Yeah. And um, plus, we just all live for your hot takes. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that too. The problem. This is bad though, because I looked up the author. Uh, okay, so I'm reviewing A Touch of Darkness, Hades and Persephone, Book One by Scarlett St. Clair. I would like to, to point out that I looked up the author, Scarlett St. Clair, on Amazon and looked at her profile. She seems super nice. Okay, she seems <laughs> very cool. I am very happy that she is successful. And nobody's listening to us except for the people in Belgium. So, like, you guys are very important. You're not nobody. I apologize. I am glad that she has success. I hated A Touch of Darkness. Scarlett St. Clair. I'm so sorry. It was... I loathed it, personally. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Nora is making a very I told you so face with... Uh, you know, authority, because she did. She told me so. She was like, but I, I also, like I also made you read it. You so. did. You did make me read it. I forgot about that. That's, that's a good point. Okay, so it should I'll, have I'll never, it should have never been on your TBR to begin with. Well, the cover <laughs> is, like, really pretty. It is. And it sounds sexy, like, you know, a touch of darkness. I like, that's feel like, and... I feel like I shared my experience with you. Maybe I didn't. Maybe that was somebody else. Nope. You did not. I knew ahead of time that you didn't like it, which was why I wanted her to read it. <laughs> to get alter- it might have been just a personality clash. But I will say that I had an advance notice that the book wasn't going well. And I said, was it worse than Bow Before the Elf Queen? <laughs> and Emily was like, way worse. Man. <laughs> and we just guys. learned her views on Bow Before the Elf Queen. We just had a hot take. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> I, I, I just... loved it so much that I wanted to set you up for an additional hot take. <laughs> Great. Okay, I'll try to keep it really brief. I'm not going to go into the plot that hard because 
There's not what? that much to explore. What plot? Yeah, there's not that much to explore. Uh, this is a Hades and Persephone book. A low fantasy. So a low fantasy is when you have fantastical elements that are occurring in the real world, per se. So it's like it's it's like Crescent City. Everybody's walking around with cell phones, doing taxes with monsters, etc. <laughs> Except it's Greek gods. Lots of stuff goes unexplained. But you know, it's about Persephone and she's an up and coming college girl. Her mom is fancy. Um, you know what? For somebody who loves Greek mythology, I don't know how to say this properly. Demeter? Demeter? I don't know. Demeter. 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 Great. Her mom is fancy Demeter, but Persephone cannot grow things, even though her mother is the goddess of the hardest. It's very shameful, so she decided to go to college. Now she's going to write articles, and then somehow she goes to a nightclub, because Hades has a nightclub, and somehow loosely gets drawn into some kind of agreement with Hades himself, and he's immediately fascinated with her and obsessed with her, and she's going to use this to her advantage to write some really mean, unresearched, and unverified articles about him to advance her career. And inevitably, it was sex. <laughs> I didn't even get that far. I just, oh. <laughs> I, okay, so in Laura Olymp this is great. In Laura Olympus, Persephone goes to a party where Hades is. But Artemis overhears Hades being like, yo, that girl is hotter than Artemis. And Artemis overhears it and is like, fuck off and sends Eros. To Wait, not Artemis. Aphro um, Aphrodite. Aphrodite. He's like, yo, she's hotter than Aphrodite. And Aphrodite overhears and is like, Eros, my son, which I thought was weird. Yeah, go be mean to this girl for the fact that Hades said that she was hotter than me. So there's a lot of weird mother-son Mm -hmm. oh yeah bullshit happening yeah anyway. the yeah so she's i don't know how to say this um bluntly oh god i'm so sorry scarlet sinclair you're awesome this was the worst writing i think i've read since i cannot remember when so you know how i said like with bow before the elf queen it was more about the plot was really stupid but the writing was fine this <laughs> this has both <laughs> really bad plot <laughs> and <laughs> really bad writing. I feel like I was reading, Jane can attest to this. Jane has read some of my juvenilia, which is, you know, your authors when they're trying to write, but they're like 14 and they don't know what they're doing yet, but it's just called juvenilia. So Jane has read some of my juvenilia. I propose that my juvenilia, Emily Bronte, was better <laughs> than this author's fully published best-selling book. It was awful. I wanted to die. Uh, even the sex part. What? I loved your juvenilia. Thank you. And this is way worse. It was just, and I do understand, like, there's kind of this thing, this, like, snooty book thing with, like, English majors where it's like, well, yeah, because writing in the first person is much more immediate. So it's easier to communicate to your audience and it's easier to feel connected to that character. So it's like a, you know, snooty people will say it's like a hack. Like, that's not fair. And this was not in first person. This was, this was like, and then Persephone did this. So, you know, that's a barrier. It makes it a little bit harder to connect, but it also made it utterly painful to read. <laughs> like, I just, I hate it, it was, so much. It was like, pretty bad. Weird. I'm having a weird, like, FOMO in that, like, I haven't read it, so I don't know no. how bad it is. So I can't, no. like, now I want to read it. So I can no. be like, you're, you're both right. This is terrible. I, I get that. I love watching bad movies. It's so fun. You crack a beer, get some chips, get your husband, watch a bad movie, 
laugh your asses off. It's not like that though. It's like you're just like it's too it's too time uh, consuming. It's I mean, very I time consuming. I didn't even get to the point where, or at least I don't she remember. Made the deal. I remember her, she's gonna make a deal, but I don't remember her being like, I'm gonna shame Hades. Like I don't even remember that being a part of it. It was so bad. It might it might have been, and I, it was just so bad that I didn't remember it. But I just So yeah. I did not like Persephone. Mm-mm. And so nope. I Lo- it's, loathed her. There has to be a lot of other stuff in a book for me to keep reading it if I don't like the female main character. I kept reading it because I wanted the Hades smut. Hades is Hades and Persephone is my ultimate romance trope. He's tall, dark, and toxic. She's bubbly but has a darkness inside her. She understands him. He supports her. Like, it's perfect. Oh, my God. I love it. So I was like, let's do this. Let's go to the underworld. Take your pants off. And it was, <laughs> even the smut wasn't that good. They just, mm. it's always in the same position. It's very vanilla. It is very middle school. I mean, well, maybe not middle school. It's very high school. I'm in a scene. It almost reads, I don't know. It was just, I hated it so much. We've also got, um, we've got a little bit of uh, forced proximity with the, like, I caught you in a deal. And now you must fulfill the terms of the deal by visiting me all the time. Mm. And then we'll take your pants off. But, like, it's not, that's not hot. And then um, we've also got really. I'd rather rather him kidnap her. Absolutely would rather him kidnap her. (laughs) Oh, and then it's just the just the fucking worst example of he's a bad boy, but he's misunderstood. Like he's a good guy, really. He's trying yeah. to help people. He just wears dark clothing. <laughs> <laughs> he is every nineties goth boy. He's just <laughs> a goth boy. But he's really nice. He's just misunderstood. Like, ugh. And then the worst case of insta love I think I've ever seen. He literally sees her in the club and his club and decides that she's the one for him forever. And she's never dated anybody, which I find weird. Not weird that she hasn't, but weird that like, well, I guess your fate is sealed now forever for the rest of your eternal life. You're done. You're with him. That's great. And he instantly loves her and finds her full of all these amazing qualities that I just don't see (laughs) because she sucks. And uh, yeah. It was dreadful. I hated it. I hated every second of it. I'm so sorry. Scarlett St. Clair, you can laugh while you're rolling around in your pile of money. I right. support that. Like, absolutely. Yeah, she's not listening to us. It's fine. I know. I know. I know. It's true. <laughs> I just feel really guilty. Like, her profile is so nice. And I was like, oh, no. Also, Great. I am willing to give her new vampire series a chance. Really? I Yes. Okay. I, it's, mm, Go for we'll it, just, girl. We'll, we'll see what happens. I guess we will. <laughs> I, wa- I want to see what happens when you read it, not me. I'll, I'll read it. I'm done. I never thought that I would read a Hades and Persephone that I did not like, but I found it. The universe, the mood wheel, took care of it for me. The mood wheel was like, oh, you think you want... Hey, okay, here you go. Take that. Uh, if you are in the mood for a Hades and Persephone smut romance, obviously Laura Olympus, of course, but don't read. Don't read Touch of Darkness. Read Neon Gods. You've probably already mm-hmm. read it. Read it again. Read it again. Go back to those bookmarks that you know you saved. Read it again. <laughs> You're going to like it a lot better and end up a lot more satisfied. Yes. That concludes my review of A Touch of Darkness. <laughs> it's just so bad. Okay, so to end on a positive note, I'm going to do a quick review of The Hacienda by Isabel Cañas. 
Yay! Yeah, and I got a physical copy, and it's really pretty. I'm so okay. excited because I have this book, but I haven't read it yet. So tell oh, me. Oh, yay! Okay, so um, okay, so this is a historical novel. It is it's um, pitched as perfect for fans of Mexican Gothic and Rebecca. Um, and I know that Mexican Gothic is kind of pitched as the Mexican Rebecca. It's it's kind of convoluted. <laughs> this this is the Mexican Gothic meets Rebecca. This is the one. This is the book that we all thought we were going to read when we read Mexican Gothic. Okay. Oh, okay. I love yeah. it because okay. that was what I was so into in Mexican Me Gothic. Me too. Yes. That's what I, that's what yeah. I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, so this is a historical novel and it is a ghost story. It, so I guess you could say there's a little bit of a fantasy element, but it is not like a whole new crazy school of weirdness. It's like, it's a ghost story. There are ghosts. Okay. Just heads up. Like, yeah. I guess I'm burned by Mexican Gothic. Everybody's like, how dare they? <laughs> so I want you to know what you're getting into. But that's what makes it great. Well, um, I mean, okay. you can't you can't go around with Mexican Gothic and be like, there are. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Ruined everything. Yeah, exactly. this is not a this is not a psychological thriller. This is a fabulous historical uh, historical novel ghost story. Okay, I've so a, I've <clears throat> seen it in the horror category. Would you Would you say that it? Yeah, horror. Yeah, yeah horror. With the I ghosties. wouldn't say it's a ghosty horror. Yeah, it's a it's a. I have a problem with the horror category because that's always where VC Andrews ends up. Yeah, and I don't consider V.C. Andrews a horror writer, to be to honest. To be fair, some horrific things happen. Yes. <laughs> Andrews. But when it's like V.C. Andrews and Dean Koontz and Stephen yeah. King, yeah. I'm like, one of these yeah. things is not like the other. Yeah. This, this also, you know what, this is, yeah, I would probably put this historical historical novel horror. Because this reminds me a lot of one of my all-time favorite books, The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Wow. Um, oh. Yeah. So it's like it's like that. It's very like tense and you don't know what's going to happen. And uh, maybe she's going to die. I don't know. So it's very cool. Okay. So it's supernatural suspense novel. That's what I've been trying to say this entire time. So basically, during the overthrow of the Mexican government, um, Beatrice's father was executed and her home was destroyed and just snatched away from her. Her whole life is gone. So when handsome Rodolfo proposes to her, it's 1823, Beatrice is like, sign me up. So she said, <laughs> same. Yeah, because he's hot. He's <laughs> right nice. now. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> where's Rodolfo? I'm so husband. burned by all of the 20s. 2023, <laughs> 1923, 1823. 1823 was a bad year in Mexico. Yeah. We just, no, you we just got started, guys. I know. <laughs> bad. Yeah. So it's 1823. The Mexican, the war is over, but, you know, we're all kind of surviving in the, in the ruins of everything. And Beatrice's whole world has been snatched away. So when a hot, rich guy who has really good class, like social standing, poses to her, she's like, got it, done. No, not even a question. I will nope. take care of my mother. So she's thinking, she is determined that Hacienda San Isidro is going to be her home. And it's the big house. It's the Hacienda. Like it's, they are like at the top. They have servants. They have people who work their crops and sell them. They have a village. They are like the king and queen of that little realm. So she's thinking, this is it. This is my sanctuary. And she gets there. 
And then Rodolfo goes back to work at the Capitol. And then she starts having <laughs> visions and hearing voices and shit gets real weird and scary. And nobody will sleep in the hacienda with her, like in the house itself. She's Not like in the house her. by herself. He is in the entire house that could hold nope. like 20 people. Where's Rodolfo? By herself. He went back to the, the Capitol to work. Oh, sorry. I'm He's sorry. a politician. He's fancy. And he asked no her. No doubt for a minute. Yeah. This is the thing. He asked her if she wanted to come with him to the Capitol and, you know, be in Capitol Society and be ritzy and go to parties. But Beatrice wants a home and she wants to prepare this home to bring her mother there to stay with her. Right. She's right, like, right. I need to get to know my my employees. I need to get to know this world. I need to become Mrs. Rodolfo. Like, I'm. Mm-hmm. this is my new identity. So I'm okay. sticking it out. Also, on top of that, her mom is not answering any of her letters. So Beatrice oh, is no. worried that her mom is really mad at her. She kind of feels like she has nowhere to go. Oh, no. So, but then nobody, for some reason, will spend the night in the damn house. Nobody. No, me either. Completely silent. <laughs> no I electricity. Like spending the night in my own home that I uh-uh. know uh-uh. by myself. This is why no. I have dogs. Like, yes. cat. Like, I was about to ask the first alarm. Yes. Yep. So Beatrice is all alone. She's seeing weird stuff. She is not a shrinking violet. Beatrice's father was a general who um, died with honor. And, like, she is, like, going to take care of shit. But she sees some oh, yeah. stuff that she mm. cannot explain. So she starts asking around. And it turns out nobody can really explain how the former Mrs. Rodolfo died. Mm. Or, like, you know, what went down with that. And... Nobody seemed to like her very much. She was really mean and classist. And so that's mysterious until finally she keeps hearing stuff. She'll go to the other people in her life, her husband's sister, and be like, hey, I had this crazy vision. What's up with this house? And then his sister is super mean about it. And she's just like, well, maybe you're crazy. Maybe Rodolfo made a mistake and shouldn't have married you. (laughs) Okay. I I do love like a really, really bitchy like cousin or in law or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I do actually really appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> so she's there. She's real mean. So Beatrice gets to a point where she feels like she has nowhere to turn. And the only person that she can talk to in her desperation is the young priest who has just recently returned to the village, Andres. And he's not an ordinary priest. He is uh he's like kind of like a grandson of the village. So everybody knows him and loves him. The attractive. In this class. He's he's so beautiful. <laughs> he's <laughs> Have you guys seen Andor? No. No. Oh, come on. Okay. So it's, um, guys, I have this problem where when I podcast, I forget names that I know always. Diego Luna. Google Diego Luna Andor. Thank you. Oh, the the main. Yes. Mr. Andor. Yeah. Smoking. Yeah. I mean, I watched Rogue One, so. Oh, gosh. Okay. I could have lived with that. Andor was top of mind. God, he's beautiful. He's so soulful. He is a very nice guy, and he if understands. He, if he was a priest, I I would be so confused. Uh huh. There's a <laughs> lot of that. There's a lot of that because Beatrice is alone. She is utterly terrified. The horror escalates pretty quickly. So you're like, oh my god! <laughs> like, what do we gotta do? So yeah. she turns to Andres, and he he understands that that the house is unusual and always has been. But now he comes and he checks it out, and he's like, something new is wrong. The house is sick, and Ooh. we have to figure it out. There's a lot of action. 
there is a lot of very confusing romance between mm. this smoking hot priest and this newlywed whose husband is at the Capitol and seems perfectly nice, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's good. It's not smutty by any means, but it is very romantic. It's romantic. There, ah, uh, you're just like, <gasps> but it's forbidden. Ah. Uh so good oh, and I'm uh, taking this book yeah. out this weekend it's very good <laughs> and i will say that i am one of those people i have a hard time with historic historical novels because that are written as historical novels like written today about another time this is gonna sound so snooty but this is just who i am so i'm just gonna lean into it i really <laughs> like to read novels that are considered classics by some people so like stuff that was written in the 1800s that's my jam I've read a lot of those. I like that. I get that language. I get those speech patterns. And when I read historical novels, sometimes I'm just like, this sounds so fake. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, granted, I am not a historian. I am a mood reader. <laughs> like, <I> just, <laughs> But it's a lot of times it can sound like, okay, so we're playing dress up. All right, cool. Mm. And it's just, I know uh, exactly what you're talking about. Thank As you. Someone who loves classic novels, especially Jane Austen's works. Yep. When you read something that is also sort of set in that same Regency era, but it, the it. language is wrong, the details are wrong. It's just it's, painful. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I couldn't finish um, Bridgerton books. Not the show. <laughs> Love the show. Just to clarify, this book, The Hacienda, does not have that problem at all. Oh, and cool. I suspect it's because the author is a historian. She is working on her PhD. Well, when this book came out, she's working on her PhD in medieval Islamic literature. Like she is a scholar. She knows what she's doing. Very I cool. never, yeah, I never had a problem where I was like, mm, okay, cringe. And the other thing with this book that makes it have that depth is this is a novel about classism. Because there are two classes. There are the Hacienda people, like Rodolfo and his sister, mm -hmm. and now Beatrice. And then there are, like, the help and the employees. Okay. And there's a lot of, like, colorism going on because Beatrice has, like, a darker complexion. And there's a lot of, like, mm. racism against that. But she's crossing those uh, class lines. It's just... It calls a whole lot of stuff into question, and it's just very nuanced and really... And that's what makes it compelling. Like, that's not like a drag. That's what makes it no, I was fascinating. Say, those mm -hmm. are some of the same things that we pointed out in Mexican Gothic uh -huh. that yeah. really made it such a wonderful, like... Yeah, movie. we loved that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it's was a the, lot uh, like that. It was the... <laughs> that pulled yeah. some of us out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, this this yeah. really does sound like the book that me and Jane wanted. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it sounds like the book, the preconceived notion of the yes. book that we thought we were yeah. getting. Yeah. Exactly. And so I cared about this book so much. I finished it in 24 hours. I cared about this book so much. I dreamed about it. And I spent a decent amount of time constructing a narrative to myself of the future for the characters after the end. So, like, it ends, and it kind of leaves you with this nice, like, oh, I don't know. How does that? It's mm -hmm. satisfying. It's very satisfying. It's very well done. But I would, I like to imagine, you know, that these two characters decided to do this, and X, Y, Z occurred, and here's how their future turns out. And isn't that nice? 
Because I care about them. You gave them an epilogue. I you gave really them did. an epilogue and I made it work in my head. I had a headcanon <laughs> epilogue because they were lovely. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I really felt I've been reading. We'll talk about this next time. I've been reading a lot of dark smut. This is very refreshing. This <laughs> is very nice. I mean, it was a dark horror suspense thriller. So, I mean, it's not fluffy by any means. It was pretty scary. But I had a great time. I really liked it. And uh, Diego Luna's in it, which is amazing. I recommend The Hacienda by Isabel Canas. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, it really does. I'm excited. And good news. I checked it out as a library book, but my kids spilled water on it. So now I have to pay for it. So I get to keep it. Great. (laughs) To add it to my permanent collection. It's got a little bit of water damage. Just enough that the library will not accept it back. But not so much that I cannot read it again in the future. Perfect. Yay, Perfect. children. Love it. <laughs> it's wild. I spilt... I sp- well, don't... Nobody knows where we're from. I spilt a glass of wine in a very popular book one time. But that book did not belong to my local, local library. <laughs> no, but no one ever came after me. So I'm lucky. Somebody, yeah, you got lucky. <laughs> you got lucky. I, I know that they will be like, uh, no, ma'am, this is you. I was $26.75. Y'all, it was, a, this. it was a court of mist and fury. <gasps> you did not. No, that's expensive. It is now time <laughs> for the mood wheel. Who are Yay! we spinning for today? I don't remember. Me! Renora! Yay! What Yay! is the mood wheel landing on today? Graphic novel. Oh. oh. Have you already... Oh. Hmm. You've got added, two on here. Yeah, I added them today just in case. Oh. <laughs> it looks like... I know I've heard of Heartstopper. Have you already read that one? No. Okay, Heartstopper and Pumpkinheads. I do not know about that one. What's the one that, Jane, what's the one that you mentioned earlier? The Umbrella Academy? Yes. That could also be considered on there. I was going to add it after we got, when we got done. Oh, it's Rainbow Rowell and Faith Erin Hicks. Faith Erin oh, Hicks. Oh, I love Rainbow yeah. Rowell. Yeah, and I like Faith Erin Hicks. She does a lot of really good middle grade and YA graphic novels. I want you to read Pumpkin Heads, so then you can tell me that I should read Pumpkin Heads. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. I, see, I see Rainbow Rowell post about this a lot, and actually Pumpkin Heads is like the only piece of Rainbow Rowell literature that I did not own because she's an auto buyer for me, but... As I stated earlier, I'm late to the party with graphic novels. Okay. It looks super charming. It's about like two seasonal best friends. They mm-hmm. all through high school, they work together at the best pumpkin patch in the whole wide world. Oh, that's so cool. I, I really don't know much about it, except that it was like on a list of best graphic novels when I was trying to find something to add that I might actually want to read. I think and you're going to like it. It was on there. I think you're going to like it. It's like... They're finally seniors. This is their last season, their last shift, their last oh, that'll be cute. What are they going to do? That's, that's so exciting. cute. Yeah, yeah that's right up your alley. Really I love cute. it. Yeah. Cool. Pumpkin Perfect. heads. Pumpkin heads. Oh, I'm excited for you. I wonder yeah. if your local library has it. Maybe it will soon, relatively. <laughs> and that actually looks like something that you would really like. I hope that mm-hmm. that pans out. That's good. 
Well, we took care of the mood wheel. We thanked Belgium. We're going to do it one more time. Thank you, Belgium. We Thank truly you, Belgium. appreciate you. You rock. We want to come visit. And what do they speak in Belgium? We should have looked up thank you in Belgium. Well, I'm not going to try to say that. It's complicated. I learned a lot about Belgium. I didn't retain a lot, but I did learn a lot. Um, they're uh, they're we can, uh, we can say merci. They're uh, they're complicated. They've got uh, lots of different cultures within the country that are you know that kind of conflict sometimes, but together they make it this really fascinating whole. So that uh, sounds really cool. Um, I don't like it when everybody gets along. So that's. <laughs> I think that's cool. So we got a mood we'll pick. We thank you, Belgium. And we killed a bunch of people in Marvel. It's perfect. Well, thank you guys. Not a bunch of people. We yeah, three people. Captain America. Yeah. Oh, right. We did. Right. <laughs> I'm going to, it's okay. I'm going to get to work on sending you guys that uh, list of images of Chris Evans and his sunglasses and cable knit sweater. As We've soon as we're done here. It. No, you just need a refresher. <laughs> Fine. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for Mood Readers. We had a great time, and we hope you come back. Bye. Jane, Emily, and Nora would like to thank Benji for the theme music. Follow at Mood Readers Podcast on Instagram and let us know if you've read any of the books we covered. We'll talk to you again at the next book club. <laughs>